day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. So um, that was Christopher Michaud. He is the director of public health, and we'll take your calls. I see him on the line at 508-996-0500. Just a minute. That was Christopher Michaud. He's the director of public health here in um, here in uh, all in Dartmouth. He's over, uh, in, over in Dartmouth and um, really important issue uh, just because it because it, it, right now it impacts uh, a lot of Dartmouth and Westport and I think some parts of New Bedford, but it could eventually impact your city or town at, at, at some point. Now, uh, if these implementation, uh, uh, if these, if these regulations are implemented so you can make public comment to the department of public utilities uh not department of public um the department of environmental protection he says it's on the town of dartmouth website so if you're a resident of dartmouth westport etc uh and you're impacted by this you can let uh dep know exactly how you feel about it and those things do work um, they do work. I've seen them work. And I'll, I'll give you some examples uh, after we get to some calls. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Hey, Tom. What's up? That was tremendous explanation by Mr. Michaud. Yeah, I thought he was great. I, I, I'm of the opinion that they should go the legal route, start with injunctive relief immediately uh, to delay this implementation for at least a year. Yeah. Until such time as the DEP can give the actual financial assessment of yeah. what it's going to cost each individual town and there to supply the wastewater level two person right. uh, for each project. Let them pay for it. Let them yeah. understand what this is going to cost. I'm looking at this very similar to the fishing industry, you know, and look what happened there. We lost over 200 boats because of regulations that Noah promoted and right. they didn't do it properly. And this, this agency isn't doing this properly, like the gentleman said. Why are they doing it right before Christmas? Why is the deadline here? They do this stuff on purpose just to bust people's chops, to show their power. And, and, and that's unfortunate. You get injunctive relief immediately. And well, then an assessment by DEP on what it's going to cost each individual that is going to be affected. And as far as what Mr. Micho said, even if they did implement it, uh, in, 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 the, in the residences, the agriculture thing may prove 
that it isn't going to do anything anyway right. because it, nitrogen will come in. So why ain't they assessing that part too and let yeah. them pay for it? Because if you force this on the homeowner for private people, there's not going to be any avenue or approach to gain other type of funding either from the federal or state government. So that financial piece, in my opinion, has to be completely directed to the state. Yeah, so no. That's where I stand on. I, I I I completely I completely agree with you, Tom. I think that um, it, it's it it's sort of incredible that like what and, and what, I think he mentioned he didn't get to mention this on the air, but he might he, he'll be on with Tim tomorrow. He might get to mention this. There was a subcommittee uh, that was um, created by the state to uh, basically uh, craft and uh, propose these these regulations. And they won't tell anybody who's who's on the subcommittee. You have yeah. to, I guess, FOIA that or request those documents. They don't want you to know who who actually made these regulations. It's really yeah, incredible. And, yeah, and, and I would in turn turn around and and use the political forces that we ha- have, Representative Maki. And by the way, he did talk about the compost thing. Yeah, and, he did. Uh, I re- that's yeah. I didn't rem- remember that correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And Senator Montigny and go directly to the new attorney. General elect and say, look, we want these people eliminated. And I would yeah. just put it flat out like that because what they're doing is horrendous. You know, yeah. it's it, it just these kind of things that just drive you crazy. You know? Well, the other thing is, too, it's it is it is being implemented at the end of a gubernatorial administration. Right. And it's sort That's of right. like like they're. You know, there's cabinet level decisions, like you said, and this is might, might have been in the works for a while. But I think the timing of this is pretty interesting. You know, at, we're in in like the middle of a lame duck session, pretty much right after an election and the holidays too, when people have really turned their focus. It's 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 incredible. Yeah, they, 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 honestly, you know, we, we will wait to the uh, to the uh, switch on on the Magnus and Stephen Act and the amendments that went through, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody was sort of acquiescing to it. And look, look at the results. Yeah, you know, this, this is what these people do, and, and, and it's terrible. And I, I, I go full force, you know. And everybody around here should be pounding the pavement on this one, so that yeah. they hear us up there, you know, because this this has to be halted. You know, it's unfortunate. I agree. Incredible. Yeah. Anyway, that's my spiel for today. Have Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Yeah. So. Um, Here's the thing, and uh, we're taking your uh, calls at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on. Uh, uh, Christopher Michaud will also be on Tim Weisberg's show tomorrow at 9 o'clock. So if you had the chance, you know, uh, if you didn't get the chance to talk to him, if you wanted to ask him a question, a specific question, you can uh, tomorrow. He'll be on with, with Tim Weisberg. So you can send him a call or send Tim uh, Weisberg an app chat message and they can hopefully get to it then. Um, but we did have some robust conversation while he was here. So uh, just looking at, um, I'm looking at the WBSM app chat. Uh, Chris from Dartmouth has uh, sent an app chat saying, we clean up Superfund sites using federal dollars. Why is this not being elevated to that level? Yeah. That's a good point. This taxation without representation, our legislature should have a say in this, or even better, they should strip this power to impose government-mandated debt from a regulatory authority and place it in the hands of the people's representatives. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, there's I, – I agree I agree that, like they said, they cleaned up a super fund they, – they cleaned up super fund sites using federal dollars. This is something that should – 
require federal funding. You know, there's been a bipartisan infrastructure bill. There's billions of dollars that get passed through the state legislature, um, you know, just about every year now in the, you know, cash reserves that they're flush with um, that have to do with the infrastructure and sewer upgrades and septic upgrades and things like that. There should be, I think, if this has to go forward, right, if they're at the point where they're saying, okay, this is a legit, this is a legitimate environmental concern that must be addressed or it'll have, you know, irreparable, devastating impacts on the local, you know, local water supply or the local, the, you know, the, the ecosystem, right. Then there should be funding allocated for that. That cost should not be brought into the taxpayers. I think the notion of allowing somebody to incur debt, right? Like saying, okay, well you can do this and you can just take out a loan. It's really, I think, untenable. I think that's untenable for a lot of people, especially in this day and age. And I think the state actually has some cash reserves to help um, to help with this. I mean, here's the thing, and I, I want to balance this out by saying there are important environmental regulations. Obviously, uh, environmental regulations aren't all bad; uh, they can be very good, um, and you know, regulatory. Like laws are passed by the legislature, regulations are administered at cabinet level positions, typically. Um, that's like pretty well entrenched, uh, like Supreme Court jurisprudence. I don't know if there's any state court jurisprudence, but basically, the legislature passes laws, the executive branch regulates where. They're, you know, in the absence, a lot of times in the absence of laws or where the laws allow them to regulate. So they can implement regulations in the CMRs, the Code of Mass Regulations, where the legislature can pass laws. Now, here's the thing. The legislature could file a bill if this were to be implemented and go forward in something that's not tenable. The legislature can pass a law to overturn this. It'd have to go to Governor Healy. It'd have to get passed with a veto-proof majority, or it'd have to go to Governor Healy's desk to be signed, right? You'd have to get, you know, the majority of 200 people in both chambers to vote on it. But if it's impacting a lot of people in southeastern Massachusetts, you know, they're going to have... I think your local delegation's going to want to get this done. Um, and so... I, I, the other thing I want to say about it is if you submit public comment, that matters. I remember the time that there was like public comments because some people do say, oh, you're just going through the motions. This doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. In some cases, that can be true. Um, this can be true. Um, but in a lot of cases, like, for example, when there was a proposed charter school about a year or two ago, right, in January of, like, 21, right, there was a proposed new charter school in New Bedford and Fall River. There was a public hearing by the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education or the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, right? There were people that showed up there, and the people that showed up there were overwhelmingly 
against this. Every single elected leader was against it. And the majority of actually everybody basically from New Bedford and Fall River were against it. Right. Every single elected leader was against it. Every single um, person in uh, 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 every single student at Durfee or New Bedford High School was against it. Right. And there was there were I mean, there were protests and everything, but there was a robust response. There was a ton of public comments sent to the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, and that didn't end up going forward because people heard the overwhelming <clears throat> because the overwhelming response uh, from the public was heard on that. So, if you live in those communities—Dartmouth, Westport, etc.—this uh, can. You can submit a comment to, even if you don't, you should anyway, because it could impact you, right? Even if you don't, you, you should just submit one anyway, um, because it could impact you. It doesn't, like, they're looking, like you said, it's going by watershed. Each, by each like, these regulations are going to be imposed by watershed, not necessarily by town. <clears throat> so if you're in New Bedford or if you're in Fairhaven, et cetera, you're not necessarily out of the woods, um, all of the Cape and, uh, you know, all the Cape's going to be impacted by this. You know, he was talking about how the Cape might have, you know, a different type of, you know, their own, you know, sort of uh, ecosystem or different ways that they can do it that might work for them. It doesn't necessarily work for southeastern Massachusetts, but you should submit a public comment to you should submit a public comment to um, the Department of Environmental Protection. So. Uh, this is something that we're going to be following very closely. Again, we just had Christopher Michaud on right now. And he will be on tomorrow as well on Tim's show. So he's going to be on now and he's going to be on tomorrow. And so if you if you miss the opportunity to ask him a question, you can ask him a question by calling at 508-996-0500. Or you can... Um, uh, send a message on the app chat like you guys did today. So uh, he'll be in tomorrow. We are because I got a we got a um, message from uh, Chris and Dartmouth uh, asking us to continue to track this closely. We absolutely will continue to uh, track that closely. You can go to the Dartmouth. Uh, you can go to the town of Dartmouth um, website uh, to look up the. Title five, uh, the Mass DEP Title five revisions. It's there, uh, and you can uh, learn more about it. And you can submit a public comment to the Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, if you again, if enough people do that, uh, they will uh, hear that and respond. They will hear that and respond accordingly. So, um, you know, you have till Friday at five o'clock. Friday the sixteenth at five o'clock. And again, Christopher Misha will be on tomorrow as well. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. That's how you can get in the program. We're also taking messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast tonight. Uh, I'm Marcus. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program, or we're also taking messages on the WBSM uh, app chat again. Uh, you can send a public comment to, if you live in Dartmouth and you're impacted by this um, septic issue, uh or if you live in Westport, if you think you might be impacted by the septic issue, you can send an email to dep.talks, T-A-L-K-S, 
at mass.gov. That's D-E-P dot talks, T-A-L-K-S, talks, like this is a talk show, um, D-E-P talks at mass.gov. It must have Title V and watershed permit in the subject line. Uh, it actually says, this is an article from, um, I'm reading uh, Chris Shea in the Dartmouth Week. I'm reading his, uh, this is what he has in, in one of his uh, columns. Um, so it must have Title V and watershed permit. And it's the and is an ampersand. You know the and symbol? If you don't know what an ampersand is, I don't know if the ampersand is a requirement. I don't know if the ampersand is a requirement, but that's what it says in the in the quotations. So what I would do is I'd put the ampersand in just in case. And uh, if you want to put the ampersand in, it's just a shift and the number uh, seven. You can see that. Um you may think, uh, hey, Marcus, aren't you being a little bit um, condescending by explaining how to put an ampersand in, uh, uh, in, into any sort of text or typing on a, on a computer? Um, no, uh, it's not that common. No, I mean, it's common, but it's not common for a lot of people. Uh, so I just wanted to be clear on that. Title V and watershed permit. Must be in the subject line, DEP talks at mass.gov, okay? And those have to be by Friday, December 6th, uh, December 6th, December 16th, the 7th, imagine, December 16th uh, by 5 p.m. So if you submit those public comments, uh, submit those public comments by then, uh, your voice will be heard on the matter. Uh, Make sure you do as many as possible. Um, Just reading some app chat messages, uh, another app chat message from uh, Chris in Dartmouth, um, we're spending tens of billions of tax dollars with an open checkbook to the war in Ukraine, yet we're allowed water quality issues to fester for decades. You know, um, our domestic priorities are not in order. There is actually a, I mean, if we're talking about like, you know, funding the military industrial complex in, in, <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, Focusing on priorities at home, I agree. You know, if we're not we're not talking about foreign aid because it's obviously just a small sliver of the budget. But if you're talking about, yeah, um, our you know our spending priorities, it's definitely as a country, are not where they should be. You know, um, and I do agree to a, I do agree to a certain extent. I think we can actually. I think there's enough money. I think there's enough money to if I guess if you wanted to do, to do both. But yeah, spending priorities. Domestically, as a country, I think Massachusetts, for example, but but to be fair, I think Massachusetts is a lot better than the rest of the country on spending priorities. But nationally, certainly, certainly the spending priorities are not where they should be. I, I do actually agree with that. Thank you, for Chris from Dartmouth. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Marcus, how you doing, brother? Hey, Barry, what's up? Not too much. Is Chris around? Chris will be back next Wednesday, so this is the schedule just for people who don't know. Uh, Jack Spillane's filling in tomorrow because I'm going to the Town Square Christmas party. Um, and oh, fr- Jack tomorrow. Yep, Jack, Jack Spillane's tomorrow. Friday, I'll be in. Uh, Monday is the Pats game. Tuesday, I'll be in. Wednesday, Chris will be back, and we got Ted Nisi in studio. So Chris will be back Wednesday, next Wednesday. Um, I just talked to him. I literally talked to him. 
uh, an hour before the show, so he's fine. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. you got you got a minute? Yeah, I got I got a I got I got an hour and a half. Cool. So <laughs> you said something yesterday, and I think that and a couple of uh, your listeners that uh, you know call me on the side, uh, re- wanting to remain anonymous because they're talking to me. But anyways, Marcus, you guys have done such an awesome job Thank with. You. Getting the, um, you know, I don't want to say getting the vote out, but the issues out, right? Thank you. And then, Marcus, I listened to everything you say. Last night, you said something about um, the Sheriff Electoro and, and Tom Hodgson, who's done a great job, by yeah. the way, you know, past several years. But you said something about the fact that that they have only been uh, in public in each other's company twice, once at the diner and once on your show, yes. correct? Correct. Okay. So what I would love, and I've talked to your other listeners, you guys, you know how Buddy Thomas, uh, he's always had the articles for the sports. You know, oh, do I ever know? Yes. 30, the 30, Marcus, right? <laughs> the 30, Marcus, you know where I'm going. With yeah, it. yeah. 30 best players in the last 30 years, right? Yeah, he, he did those. He did he did that for each school. Um uh, a while back, Buddy Thomas did that. I think I disagreed with some of the Stang ones for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was kind of funny yesterday that you said the only time you were in Attleboro was to to uh, you know beat Durfee, which or beat uh, cool. beat Attleboro and Fian. Yeah, and Fian. Yeah, yeah. But Marcus, so as we go on, you know, some people take notes, some people have memoirs, and you and Chris <laughs> are, are so like hitting it out of the park like a shooting star, I think you should pause yourself for us because the backdrop of what you guys put together, it's really not explained to uh, to the listening audience what goes into what went on. Son, listen to me. What you guys are doing is amazing. Thank Take you. Take a minute and I'm... breathe and say to yourself and explain to us exactly what you said yesterday, the you know the 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 whole dynamics of of the Hodgson race. Yeah, and think about what you've done, and you guys should sit back. I would love to hear your listening audience love to hear your own Buddy Thomas thirty for thirty of what you guys have done in the last three months of thirty <laughs> uh, debates that you've had. But but Marcus, the backdrop of what you've had to do. I know, uh, for example, that you you got to orchestrate and you were the moderator of the uh, city council president debate, Joe Lopes against Ryan Pereira. You yes, did that, Marcus, I did okay? do that. Yeah. So try to explain to us with McCarthy, and maybe it'll take a little bit of time. But the value add of what work went into it to present it, and the hurdles you had to overcome to, yeah. in fact, have. The only two meetings with these people, uh, the, the, you know, the sheriffs, was on your show, and 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 then at, at a restaurant. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. And then for breakfast. And those, the tenor of those meetings were, I think, starkly different. But yeah, I, I you know, to be fair, they would have uh, had Hero not gotten COVID. They would have been in the same room for the WPRI debate as well with Tennessee and Tim White, which was still very good. Even uh, even on Zoom, they still uh, it was still a great product. But yeah, it was. It, it took a um, you know, Chris and I organized that from the jump. I had asked the primary candidates to commit to it, and they were committing to it. Uh, I had asked Sheriff Hodgson, and he was enthusiastic about it. And you know, the thing is with that too. To that end. Bristol County's 20 communities, right? We are, I think, the 
I think we're the we are the largest in terms of uh, market share and reach, the largest talk radio station in Bristol County, but we're not the only one, right? And so local talk, we're not the only one. And so the fact that this was the biggest thing that they each of them had going on in their lives, right? That this was the biggest race that they had going on in their lifetimes. And they only chose a select number of venues, which were two, to do, to hold this debate. And the fact that they chose us, Chris and me, to moderate one of those debates really was, uh, I consider that to be an honor. It was a lot of work. You know, there was a lot of, there was some confusion. <laughs> there was some confusion. There was uh, brief moments of panic. Uh, but overall, uh, I, I'm really honored uh, by the fact that with all that they had going on and the the, the amount of vet investment in this race, not just locally, but statewide, not just statewide, but nationally, that WBSM was one of the two forums in which they decided to come in and communicate with the voters with uh, and and bounce their philosophies off of each other uh, in in a in a debate. It was really it was really something It was really special. And I, I did. I really did. I really was honored by that. But and, and Marcus, uh, again, that was only one of the of the many races that you had candidates come in. You orchestrate so many. So yeah. I think what 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 we would like to hear your listening audience is we'd like to hear your thirty for thirty. Of sure. The, you know the easy ones you and McCarthy put together, the difficult ones because you know you are showcasing all that. You're bringing this to our attention. We're a more heavily voting community. I, I go back to um, Buddy Cianci. He was a consultant of mine, and I'll never forget this right, during the crime bill. Buddy says to us, we're down in Washington and at the Rose Garden. Buddy says to me, he goes, this is where I want to be seated behind the president signing the crime bill. He was a media wizard, and but, you know, but he played the media. So, I mean, you're... You and Chris are basically what we re- what we rely on now, and I would I for one, and I know I'm not the only one because people have called me. We would le- love to hear what goes on behind the scenes. You know the cancellations. How do you orchestrate? How do you how do you get Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed in the same room? <laughs> right. I, yeah. You know, and right. we really we appreciate you bringing it to us, but I think you could do a whole show on. You know how did it happen? How did it occur? How do you how how do you do it? How do you guys do what you do? You're doing an awesome job. Thank you very much, Barry. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank Take you. Care, Thank you. That really was um, that that does mean a lot to me when we get the good reception for the show. Um, I will say, yeah, I was actually the other night thinking about putting together a column of some of the the biggest stories. Um, and you know, when we, Chris will be back next week, I talked to him. An hour before the show. So if people are concerned, Chris is fine. Um, I talked to him about an hour before the uh, before the show. He was totally fine. He'll be back next week. Um, we'll have Ted Nisi on when he's back uh, next Wednesday. But uh, again, just the scheduling thing. Jack Jack Spillane's going to be in tomorrow, so we'll we'll talk. Uh, you'll hear from Jack Spillane. He's got a good show planned for you. Friday, I'll be back. Uh, Monday um, is the Pats game, so you can listen to the Pats game here on WBSM. And then Tuesday, I'll be back. Wednesday, Chris and I will be back with Ted Nisi. So. Uh, and then Thursday, Jack will be filling in again. And then Friday, uh, we'll be back. Uh, Friday, actually, uh, and I just want to preview this. Friday, Santa is uh, Santa's coming to South Coast tonight. Santa Claus himself. So if you have kids that want to call up Santa and ask him uh, for a 
a toy or a gift, uh, you can call. You can have your kids call Santa. You can call Santa if you want. If you want Santa to bring you something uh, personally, you can call Santa if you want as well. But um, yeah, seven o'clock on Friday, the sixteenth. Actually, we're going to have Santa in studio here. The uh, uh, and that's something that we've put together. Um, we put together uh, oh, for a while. It's, it took a little bit to put that together, but we we've got that on Friday. Santa's coming in, so that's our. We've got a great schedule ahead next week as well. So, as far as the sheriff's things, uh, the sheriff thing goes. So, for people who might not know, for people who might have missed that yesterday, uh, I saw the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. So the actual government page, not the. The actual government page, not the, um, not the, uh, not the, not Sheriff Hodgson's page, right? The Bristol County Sheriff's Office. They posted a picture uh, of Sheriff Elect Hero, who's still the mayor of Alabaro till January 3rd. January 3rd at, um, at 11.59 is when he actually resigns his post as Attleboro mayor because January 4th is when he's going to assume the office as sheriff. He'll be sworn in as sheriff on January 4th. State law actually requires, uh, apparently, and this is from, I got that from the Sun Chronicle. Um, I got that information from the Sun Chronicle. Um, I, <laughs> it's funny, I, uh, I seldom read the Sun Chronicle before the Bristol County Sheriff's Race, which is the, Attlebar- the local Attleboro paper. Um, I seldom read, read the Sun Chronicle before uh, before the Bristol County Sheriff's race, but as Chris said, Attleboro got a lot closer to us uh, than they ever had before. So, um, so uh, he's taking office on January fourth. So they had to meet. They had I had Haro on in studio uh, a couple weeks ago on November thirtieth, I believe. I had him on in studio for uh, a couple weeks, and I mean a couple hours, and. He just talked about his transition uh, plans, right? He said he hadn't had contact with Hodgson specifically yet, but he had had contact with Jonathan Darling, who's the public information officer at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. And I talked, I asked, I asked Darling if he's staying on as public information officer. He said he was, which I, I'm actually uh, happy about because uh, uh, he's a he's a great public information officer to work with. He's a he's a good he's a good spokesperson and he's good to work with uh, as well. So he's staying on as the PIO at the Bristol County uh, um, Sheriff's Office, and I think that speaks to Haro's commitment to having uh, personnel continuity and. Uh, programming continuity. Now, obviously, he's coming in. He campaigned on changing stuff. He is going to change some stuff, but it's going to be he's not coming in and there's just going to be like a big culling of staff members and an uprooting of there's going to be a whole, you know, immediate programming change. He's going to go in. He's going to take a look and take a technocratic approach to it. He said he's not going to fire anybody. He's not going to come in and just start firing people. He's going to look at it. He's going to look at everything and make, uh, you know, make some changes as needed. He did say, you know, there might be positions that will be eliminated uh, when he takes over, but those people in those positions will be offered another position elsewhere in the department. Um, So even if you're, you know, even if you were in a position that would be 
uh, eliminated at a certain point, which wouldn't be immediately. It would be sometime down the road. Like you said, it's going to be a very gradual process. Then you'll be offered. A, you won't. Uh, you'll be offered a, a job because you know people obviously have. If you work at for uh, the House of Correction or a public uh, in a public institution, you have a lot of. Uh, you know, you have pension. Uh, you know, you you have pension concerns. You know, you want to get your years in before your pension vests, and you know it's going to be your. You get your three best years, but you got to be there for you know x amount of years before you can get a certain amount of your pension consideration so you if you work at the bristol county house of correction um you uh i think a lot of people and i know i talked to some sheriff's employees that had reached out to me during and after the program uh that i think were were relieved by a lot of the comments Haro said that he was going to like i said make some gradual changes but he's not going to come in and just start firing everybody he's going to maintain continuity of staff and programming and make those changes gradually which um is the way to do things you know he talked about how he was in attleboro and he didn't when he be, when he became mayor of attleboro he actually didn't make a term and he didn't actually terminate anybody until his till he was two years into office and that was because there was a traffic commission it was like a a traffic commission post and it was a vault that which was like a volunteer appointment that he terminated um and he didn't get into the reasons for it because it was a personnel issue but that was the conversation that we had so he said he hadn't talked to hodgson specifically yet fast forward a couple of weeks uh, weeks later i saw they they were they were having breakfast together in attleboro at a place called morin's in downtown i don't know i don't know like i guess i don't really know attleboro i don't go up there much um but he was uh, uh, it, it's apparently a popular pl- place. So I, I reached out to both of them immediately. As soon as I saw that picture, first thing I did, I text John Darling, I text uh, Sheriff Electoro, and I say, what happened, right? W- what did you guys talk about, you know? How did it go, right? I wanted to know. I needed all the details. So um, they told me. Basically, and this column's on WBSM.com, uh, the, the, the content of the conversation that they had, like the full content of the conversation that they had, and some quotes from, from each, from both Hodgson and Hero. And there's a picture of them sitting at the table together for breakfast, which you can check out. Um, it's all on WBSM.com. That column actually was carried by Politico. Uh, today by Lisa Kashinsky's Massachusetts Playbook, um, she carried that column today in one in her in her morning newsletter, which I think you should sign up for. It's it's a it's a great resource for what's going on from from the entire state from P Town all the way to Pittsfield, right? And so that column was featured there. So it's done really well. I've looked at the uh, I've looked at WBSM. Uh, you know, I've looked at the the Facebook and stuff to see how people have responded to it and i've heard comments from people afterwards everybody's uh tim told me uh that that the column is getting a lot of interest a lot of interest and people are really responding to it people are responding positively to it i think with some relief that this transition is happening in a way that is professional and cordial and sort of a break from a break from the really partisan, acrimonious politics that um, have dominated our national discussion, sometimes our local discussions. Now, um, that campaign was very acrimonious. It was it it got real nasty at certain points, right? Even in this debate here, it got really there was there was some there was some comments made, right? The, things were said, right? Things were said to each other 
right in front of each other. And they're still putting that aside. They had a good conversation. Haro described uh, Sheriff Hodgson as cordial and polite and said he congratulated him on the win. And then, you know, they 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 found uh, a lot of common ground in their experiences as, as elected officials and as public officials and people that are involved in politics. Right. They're you know, they're very, very notable people in, in politics. So they're you know, they have an understanding of uh, of that better than really even I do or Chris does because they're at that they're in these specific positions but they shared common ground they discussed the transition Hodgson said I will help uh he's told the sheriff elect I will help him in any way that I can to make this transition smooth and what struck me most about the conversation is Hodgson said the Bristol County Sheriff's office is in good hands right that's really something, I think. Based on all the conversations that were had, the things that were said during the campaign, they had a conversation after, and Hodgson said the Bristol County Sheriff's Office is in good hands. So that, I think, says a lot to me. Hodgson, I think, communicating that speaks to, uh, I think, speaks to um, positively on his character, on, you know, his commitment to the the local correction system, which is really so critically important, uh, the commitment that it runs in a way that is uh, it runs you know competently. So there's obviously going to be some changes, and there's going to be some changes that Hodgson's going to disagree with. That was that's the whole point of the campaign. But he said ultimately that the Bristol County Sheriff's Office is in good hands, and so I wanted to get that conversation out to people as soon as possible because I thought after all the acrimony of the campaign, people should see that even at the highest levels of our local politics, even in, in the nastiest campaign, not just not I'll say the most hotly contested campaign, not just locally, really in the in the state. It really was the most hotly contested election in the entire state, right? Even then, these two professionals are able to put all of that acrimony and the campaigning stuff behind them and move forward in the best interest of the people that they're committed to serve. And I think that's really important. I think that was the most important takeaway and the one that I wanted to communicate. Um, So, listen, I got to take a break. I will be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. uh, And uh, give me a call. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. Got to take one more break for the hour, and I'll be right back. 14-6-0500. That's how you can get on. We're just wrapping up the second hour. We spent some time just uh, recapping a story that uh, that I'd broken yesterday about the meeting between uh, Sheriff-elect Hodgson and, uh, I mean, Sheriff-elect Hero and outgoing Sheriff Tom Hodgson, which was great and really positive, uh, and I'm happy about that. And we um, we also uh, talked with Christopher Michaud about that important issue, D, uh, DEP 
uh, you can e- uh, about this important septic issue, and you can make your voice heard on that at dep dot talks at mass dot gov. dep dot talks at mass dot gov. You should check that. Uh, you should email them. Let them know how you feel about that septic issue. Chris Michaud will also be on with Tim Weisberg tomorrow. We're going to get as many people. Uh, um, exposed to this issue as possible. That's going to impact people in Dartmouth, Westport, perhaps people in your town as well if you're not impacted by it because uh, it is an ongoing development uh, that could cost working families and homeowners a lot of money, uh, a lot of uh, untenable expenses.